Welcome to Consumer Choices and Brand Truths, understanding the consumer drivers defining cultural norms and their impact on brand consumption habits. I am your host, Shruti Saini. Let's begin. What do you do to relax after a long day? Take a moment to reflect on what your answer would be. When this very question was posed over a casual dinner, one friend's response was particularly striking to me. She spent a few moments considering the question and then proceeded with her answer. Well, I might take a hot yoga class. That feeling afterwards is pretty amazing. You can't really beat it. Or I might just plop down on my couch, throw on some reality TV. That always helps to take the edge off. Or I'll just listen to a podcast. Sometimes I might have a glass of wine. I might hang with my boyfriend. And other days I'll just go shopping on my own. I smiled politely when she was done. Yet, unbeknownst to her, the consumer marketer in me was silently and dramatically freaking out a little bit on the inside. Exercise, reality TV, podcasts, alcohol, spending time with others, shopping alone. Well, come on, that doesn't make any sense. Products and services and activities, they all have swim lanes. They're strategically positioned to satisfy different mindsets and desires in distinct moments. Why was she colliding the disciplined brand worlds that we marketers have so neatly created for products and brand experiences? She was mistaken and certainly wasn't acting rationally. And consumers have to be rational. Basic economic theory stipulates that people are rational beings who make rational choices. Always. Rational, rational, rational. Exercise, reality TV, podcasts, alcohol, shopping, online, offline, oh boy. It was one of those embarrassing, well-duh moments that can often elude us until we encounter an unadulterated experience and the naked realization then hits us. That's exactly what happened to me in the moment of reflection that followed her statement. She was merging brand worlds because there was absolutely no reason for her not to. She was merging brand worlds because in the real world, there are no distinct swim lanes that consumers feel obligated to be aware of, nonetheless navigate through. With her honest response, my friend had single-handedly reminded me, a consumer marketer, that our framing of consumer behavior has gotten completely rocked in recent years. Consumer decision-making doesn't follow a horizontal or vertical ladder of selection even though we'd really like it to. It's more like a game of shoots and ladders. Decisions are being made at curves, slants, angles, sometimes sideways, and at most times in a highly nonlinear fashion. If we assume the premise that people have always made and will continue to make decisions to most efficiently satisfy a need, then our own definition of what constitutes consumer decision-making and brand choice hierarchy must evolve along with our definition of what comprises rational. If we make choices to satisfy a need, then what's available to service that baseline criteria of a need has undergone a drastic alteration in recent years, in recent months, in recent days and hours, it feels like. A primary culprit being massive product and service proliferation, a groundswell of options that have stimulated a strain of deductive behavior that masquerade as irrationality to the observer but is actually planked by rational logic. 
Because what might be considered irrationality is a tapestry of interconnected decisions grounded in sensible and coherent consumer motivations. Motivations that actually support versus contradict decisions that may appear on the surface to be seemingly at odds. This is true because behaviors are ultimately justified by the availability of market forces and solutions that provide resolution to the needs consumers are seeking. In the case of my friend at dinner, she unwittingly disclosed to us through her manifold answer that she was seeking a feeling in the form of a feel-good high. And that feeling, that high, could come from very different sources. Sources in the form of varying products and experiences that traditionally would not be viewed as classic competitors or even part of the same consideration set in many ways. A simple desire confronted with such a complex and varied solution scope. Motivations matter. Desires matter. We can often skate over uncovering the basic intrinsic reason for why someone is propelled to do or engage in a behavior. Their baseline motivation, which converts into an attitude, which then provokes a behavior. But it starts with the motivation. It always does. This is a crucial step in a critical observation of human truths in general. On our quest to rapidly define a segment and sell in, we can certainly gloss over it, which might make us wonder why our product or service isn't as top of mind as we'd like it to be, or why our consumers don't repeat purchase at the rate we'd like them to, and also why the choices they do make may appear to be in conflict with what we'd expect. Take, for example, the act of a person deciding to cook dinner for him or herself. It could be due to many different reasons, some of which might be, I want to eat now and I don't have the patience to order in and wait for the delivery. I want to save money and be resourceful and make a meal out of what I have in my fridge. I want to lose myself in the act of chopping vegetables that can impart a therapeutic sensation. I want to be more conscientious of what I eat for health reasons, so I prepare my own meal. Convenience, saving, therapy, health, it could be for any one of these reasons or combination thereof. These just serving as a preliminary sampler of suggestions, some emotionally driven, others a little bit more functional and utility-based. And just as these motivations might be multifold, the single solution of cooking as the answer to any of the queries could also be multivariate. A person's decisions, although conflicting to some on the surface, are sound. They're sound because the needs and desires which evoke them are logical, because they're based on internal reasoning, even though they may not coalesce so neatly externally. Going back to my friend, exercise, reality TV, podcasts, alcohol, shopping, and that truly is just a starter list. Add to the mix the Rolodex of entertainment, connection, and information that can all promote relaxation in the form of digital rejoinders. Instagram, TikTok, FaceTime, Snapchat, the ice cream shop of apps that have come now in every flavor from sports to art to travel to dating to fashion to film to news, real fake and otherwise, (laughs) we can all quickly arrive at scenarios where consumers are reaching for sometimes solo, but oftentimes several options at once to achieve their desired payoff across different brand fields. Consider this. Who is NBC, the cable TV network, most threatened by? A competing TV show or sports game on at the exact same time, or an episode of Frasier? 
Well, if someone has just stumbled upon Frasier, he or she might be missing an action for the next month or so as they binge watch all seasons of it. NBC is not only competing with the other lineup of shows on during appointment TV primetime, they're competing with the full stable of entertainment from the content vault that was ever created and available to download and stream. This we know. Same holds true for Cheers, The Practice, Friends, the list goes on. All of these off-air but very much on consumers' minds thanks to their resurrection via streaming and, in some cases, syndication. And that competitive set is only against the sector of TV entertainment. Also competing during weekday primetime is the vast array of online and offline modalities that all distract and demand time, attention, and finite motivation mindshare. This presents a distinct set of challenges and opportunities for brands, namely to capitalize on facets of consumer disloyalty due to optionality and to cement relevancy in interconnected consumption pockets that otherwise would be untapped. The Consumer Job to be Done Theory by the great Clay Christensen encourages us to understand what core need consumers are hiring brands for. This philosophy becomes even more nuanced and more pronounced as the consumption experience has become starkly disloyal, nonlinear, and non-singular. I'll be delving into these themes with greater specificity and detail on my next podcast. Please join me then for more on disloyalty, nonlinearity, non-singularity, and the impact that they carry on brand selection and consumer choices. I look forward to speaking to you then.